0: Hey everybody, this is Mark. Welcome to another episode of this Poor Pastor's Podcast. What you doing here? Don't you have practice? Not anymore. I quit. Oh. Well, since when are you the quitting kind? I want to do something big and something important. I'm not like you. I'm nothing. Just let me be nothing. So where does the power come from to see the race to its end? I believe God made me for a purpose. If you commit yourself to the love of Christ, then that is how you run a straight race. Run in God's name and let the world stand back in wonder. Welcome. Was it as easy as it looked? No, sir. No, no sir, it wasn't. Well, hey guys, it is Friday, time for another episode. I'm I'm really kind of liking this Friday episode, something to take you into the weekend, not as if you don't have enough to think about, and then an episode on Monday, after the weekend is over with and you're just feeling kind of like, Mondays, blah, I hate those things. I don't take Monday off, so I actually take Friday off, which I like a whole lot better, but to each his own. So we're going to talk today about the subject of preaching teaching. Does it even matter? Is it even important anymore? Like seriously, does anybody care about it? I think they should, especially pastors. So that's what we're going to talk about in this episode and I hope that you are going to stick with me. Should be a fun ride. Let's get into it. So probably the most important thing that a pastor does is to preach and teach the Bible to God's people. I would like to think that that is a statement which is beyond controversy. There are a lot of important things that pastors do, but I can't think of anything that we do that is more important than the preaching and teaching of God's Word. Paul told Timothy, as I know you all know, He told him, preach the word, be instant in season and out of season, right? He told him to be a diligent workman in the word of truth. He told him further to give attendance to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. I love the privilege of preaching the Bible. I love teaching the Bible. Now, a few episodes ago when I did, I think it was a Friday episode where we talked about five things I loved about pastoral ministry, five things I I hated about pastoral ministry. I said the number one thing I loved was preaching and teaching. The number one thing I hated was preparing messages for people who weren't going to be there. But I think part of the reason that people aren't there, at least some part of it, is because they don't value teaching and preaching. And it's not all their fault. Like, we're not going to place all the blame. Boy, if those people would just come and listen to me preach, I I could straighten out their life. Maybe, but there could be multiple reasons why why they don't, even in non-COVID times. Nonetheless, I love the privilege of preaching or teaching the Bible. That's why it discourages me so much that preaching and teaching are so diminished in our churches. If it isn't the case in your church, then, you know, praise God for that. But it is in many, especially in those who claim to be all about Bible preaching. Now, this is not a problem that's unique to any one group of churches, okay? So this is not like, you know, I'm not going to bash on IFB churches or Southern Baptist churches or contemporary churches or what have you, right? There, this is a problem that is pretty widespread and you don't just have to go to one kind of church or another before you'll you'll recognize that in a lot of churches the actual faithful teaching and preaching of God's word is not a priority there are a lot of things that take the place of it there are some things that are called teaching and preaching which aren't and so uh it, it's a widespread problem all right so i'm not attacking any any one specific uh, I'm not attacking really at all. I'm just saying it's discouraging to see that 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 th- that is the case. Preaching and teaching have been minimized. And I think the fault lies both in the pulpit and in the pew. I'm going to give you some things about the pulpit and the pew that I think are to blame and then I'm going to give you some ideas for whether you're in the pew or in the pulpit some things that we can do to maybe help to restore and bring back the importance of preaching and teaching in our local assemblies. I want to encourage my fellow pastors. I I don't want to discourage them. I want to encourage you to reaffirm our commitment to a faithful teaching and preaching ministry. And I want us to avoid the pressure that that is attempting to push us away from doing that. And I want to give you my honest perspective as to what things have led to the current situation and maybe what we can do to remedy it. It's it's not an exhaustive list, and the things that I mentioned may not be... uh, You may say, well, I don't think that's a big issue in my church. Okay, I just want us to take a good solid look at it and think about it. So let me give you some things that I think... First, I'm going to start with with the pew, that is, the people who come to the church services. Then I'm going to go to problems in the pulpit. Then I'm going to back up again and talk to the people in the pew about some things that you can do in, to help in your church to reestablish the importance of, of teaching and preaching. And then I'm going to talk to to the guys in the pulpit about doing that. I am one of you guys in the pulpit. Right? and and I don't have any authority, there's no reason that you should listen to me, unless something I say strikes a chord with you and you say, that sounds right to me, then maybe you could consider what I'm saying. But it is my opinion, and you're welcome to your own. I'm just, I am truly trying to help and to encourage. What are some problems in the pew that have led to a diminishing of the uh, of the importance of teaching and preaching? Well, first of all, and these are in no particular order, just the order I wrote them down in, I think there's a diminished capacity in the pew to absorb instruction, right? I think it is harder for people nowadays, and and again, this is subjective because I haven't lived, obviously, at all times, and I think to some extent this is always an issue, but in our information age and the rapid um, influx of information and entertainment, I think there is a diminished capacity in our pews to absorb instruction now, when I was in uh preaching class when I was in college, uh, one of our instructors was fond of saying that the head can only absorb what the bottom can endure, and that was his way of saying, "Hey, guys, keep it short, keep it simple, keep it to the point there's 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 some wisdom there, obviously, but I think that even if people's bottoms could endure an hour, there is a, a diminished capacity for people to absorb instruction. A lot of people come to our churches to be told what to think, right? So they're not saying this, but their attitude and their mindset is, tell me what to think. Tell me what to think about these things, whether it's children or whether it's adults, you know. Tell me what to think about this so that I can go to work tomorrow and I can tell everybody what, uh, what my pastor said I'm supposed to think. And so people, they don't want to be challenged to think, they're not able to follow any kind of uh, in instructive order. They just, just tell me what to think. Just tell me what, just tell me what to think about abortion. Tell me what to think about eternal security. Tell me what to think about the Bible. Tell me what to think about God. Tell me what to think about heaven and hell. And and that's enough. I just, I just, just tell me what to think, and then I'll just go out of here, and, 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 and I'll think that, right? Um, next, Uh, within the diminished capacity to absorb instruction, there are people who say, just tell me what to think. There are also people that that are saying, tell me what I already think is true. Many people in today's churches come to church expecting only to hear things that will reaffirm what they already believe, and therefore feel no need to engage, listen, or follow along, because the pastor is reading from a script, There's nothing new, and after all, there isn't. There's nothing new under the sun, so that assumes that I already know everything that is under the sun, and therefore, I don't need to be told or challenged in any way. Just tell me that what I already believe is true. And if the pastor tries to say something that challenges what they already believe to be true or what they've come to expect to hear as true, then they get agitated. Uh, they may leave. They may get angry, but they're not really listening to learn. There is a diminished capacity to absorb instruction in our pews, and that has led to it to an increase in the need for entertainment and a decrease in both the content and um, and length of time that. Someone stands up to deliver this monologue that we call preaching. I don't think that's—I don't think that's controversial. I don't think anything I'm saying right now is controversial. I'm—I'm not painting with a broad brush, or I am painting with a broad brush. I'm not saying that there are not exceptions, but you know, hey, think about it, Pastor. Like, what is? Do you find this to be true in your church that people just don't seem to have any capacity to listen and to learn? They—they—they want to be told what to think or they want to be told that what they already think is true. So there is a diminished capacity to absorb instruction. And not only that, there is a desire for entertainment. You know, people come to church because they because we live in an entertainment culture. Politics is entertaining, television is entertaining, Facebook is entertaining. Um, um, our town meetings are entertaining, so the church should be entertaining as well and of all the things that are that are um entertaining preaching um is possibly the least in some cases and so um i need the preaching to be entertaining and i think it's possible for us to marry interesting with instructional but it is really difficult to uh to marry entertainment with instruction all right that's why uh, people go to the circus, but not to hear a college uh, lecture. Right? Um, there's entertainment and there's instruction, and again, there can be some overlap. But I would prefer not to say that that it, that the preaching should be entertaining. It could definitely and should definitely be interesting, but uh, interesting really is just it depends upon the the interests of the people who are listening. If they, if they don't really care to learn about the things you're talking about, then it won't be interesting. If I listen, like I can watch a YouTube video for an hour uh, discussing music theory because I love music and I'm a musician and I write music and I love music theory. If you are not into music, the same information would be boring to you while it is interesting to me. So you can say, well, make your preaching interesting. Okay, but what you really mean is make your preaching entertaining, right? Because if people desire to know God's Word and I'm teaching God's Word, it will then ipso facto be interesting to them. But I can't make something interesting if the people are not interested in what I'm teaching. because And a lot of people today just want entertainment. That's all they want. And so, preaching is less important than the other activities of the church. You know, when, uh, several months ago, we stopped live streaming the announcements and song service portion of our of our church, and I got all kinds of negative feedback from that. People said I miss the praise and worship, and I miss the announcements. And I'm like, I just don't buy that. You know, um, I don't know uh, people people come to church for a lot of reasons many times the least of which is because of an interest in God's word thank God for those who do but i think experience shows us that an actual studious attention to the teaching and preaching of God's word is is definitely missing so that's led to a diminishing of the importance of preaching in our churches Number 3 is a failure to understand the purpose for the gathering. Again, people think that church is all about a lot of other things, but not the teaching and preaching of God's word. Again, in many cases they've been trained to think this way because of the of of leadership. Um, this is why for this is why I'm completely against the idea of of a pastor preaching a gospel message every Sunday morning and saying you know Sunday morning I preach a gospel message in case there's any lost people there. Look, if there are lost people in your church on Sunday morning, then I hope that they can hear the gospel and you can certainly weave the gospel in there. But church is not for lost people. The church is for lost people, but the gathering is not for lost people. It's for the saints. And the largest crowd that we have on in most of our churches is the Sunday morning crowd We had that this one opportunity in many people's lives to feed them with the Word of God and yet a lot of churches, uh, especially in the uh, independent Baptist realm, they preach a gospel message only this to a bunch of people who are already saved in case there are one or two people there who don't know the gospel and we miss that opportunity so People forget that one of the major purposes of the gathering together of believers is to hear the teaching and preaching of God's word. The two things, the three things that Scripture seems to say clearly: prayer, singing, and preaching. Prayer, singing, and preaching. All right. And it was by the foolishness of preaching that God was pleased to save them that believe. And Paul said, "We preach Christ and." told Timothy to preach the word and so on and so forth. Singing is important but it's not primary in the New Testament. I would I would almost put it with um maybe pre- it's difficult for me to say between prayer and preaching which is the most important but the word of God is 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 primary, right? So the preaching is important but I think a lot of people fail to understand why we're even gathered together. So that diminishes the importance of preaching. Hey, if we don't get to the preaching, no big deal, um, because that's only a small part of why we're here. Um, number four, an infatuation with current events and nationalistic-slash-patriotic concerns that put the kingdom of God on the back burner and make a division in the body of Christ. If the message coming across the pulpit is a nationalistic or patriotic one— so that Christianity becomes synonymous with patriotism or with being an American, and then so therefore it divides Chinese Christians from American Christians and Middle Eastern Christians and so on and so forth. And we know this is happening. I mean, just look at a lot of our platforms. They are draped in red, white, and blue. And I'm an American. I love my country, but I don't come to church for the sake of uh, nationalistic or patriotic expression, right? Um. I just don't. I had a gentleman come to me not not too long ago, and he was upset because uh, I don't make a big deal about patriotic days in church. Now, you can do it. I'm not saying it's wrong. I don't know if it's right or wrong. I just know that um, there are a lot of other places that you can be patriotic, but church, the gathering, this is about God. This is about his word. This is about the kingdom of God and and so we don't i don't uh i don't uh, preach a message all about veterans on veterans day all about uh, uh those who have died on memorial day all about uh liberty on july 4th i just i don't preach a message about mothers on mothers day or fathers on fathers day i rarely do I'm just preaching God's word. There are a lot of holidays. None of them are arbitrary on the church. But this gentleman was a little bit upset because I don't make a big deal about uh, veterans. And he said, you know, we used to stand and say the Pledge of Allegiance in church and all this other stuff. And I'm just kind of uncomfortable with that. And I said, and I told him why. And I said, I just want people to know that when we come to church, our primary reason for being here is our allegiance to God, his word, and the faith. There are a lot of other places that you can go. I mean, you can go stand outside. My kids say the pledge of allegiance in school. I know the pledge of allegiance. I grew up saying it. I'm just saying that when it comes to church, I'm just kind of jealous for God and his word. But people are infatuated. They want to hear someone talk about current events. They want to hear about patriotism and 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 they want all these different holidays and special days to supersede the importance of 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 the word of God in our churches. And so preaching is is diminished. Number 5 excuse me, I just hiccuped. A minimal familiarity with the content and context of scripture has led to a diminishing of the importance of preaching. I don't have time to go into great detail here, but again, people don't know their Bibles. They don't know what their Bible's about. They don't know the themes. They don't read it themselves in a lot of cases. And so because they're not familiar with the Bible, they have no relationship with God's, with, with God's word, with the Bible, with the scriptures, however you want to say it, because they're not familiar with it, then it's not important to to them. And again, I'm using words like them and they and the, and those. I know there are Christians who are passionate about God's Word and who are in the Bible and they do search the Scriptures. But I'm just talking about when we see the diminishing of preaching across the country. Um, these are, from my perspective, these are these are some of the reasons. Okay, what about problems in the pulpit? There are some problems in the pulpit. Um, one of the problems in the pulpit is little little to no training in the preaching and teaching uh, ministry. Now, you can hear pre- preachers say, well, you know, um, uh, Paul said that when God called him, he didn't confer with flesh and blood, he just went immediately and started preaching. Don't mistake Paul's declaration that he conferred not with flesh and blood as a declaration that he didn't know anything about teaching and preaching, but, you know, he just went out and did it. No. Paul was trained. Paul was trained in the scriptures. He was trained in how to teach and to preach, if you want to say it that way. That's why we can see Paul doing things like opening and alleging and reasoning out of the scriptures. Because Paul was trained in these things. That's not what he meant when he said that he didn't seek or confer with flesh and blood. Now, you don't have to be college trained. I have have some episodes all about that. You don't have to be college trained, but I think that at the very least there should be an aptitude for the teaching ministry, and that pastors should put some time into making sure that they are doing the best job possible and learning how to teach and to preach. Take some public speaking classes, uh, study uh, the right way to put together sermons and and to deliver content. Um, I know that that sword cuts both ways, but honestly, there are a lot of men in pulpits who have no business being there because they can't preach their way out of a wet paper bag. And I don't mean anything about their enthusiasm or their antics. I'm just talking about content. Uh, Sometimes people say, well, I'm more of a preacher than a teacher. That's a false division, all right? To think that there is preaching and there is teaching and they are separate is just wrong. Good preaching is teaching, and good teaching is preaching. What you mean is I'm more of a shouter than a talker. That's not the same thing uh, at all. So little to no training in the pulpit leads to a diminishing of the importance of preaching because there's not a whole lot of real preaching going on. Number two, a lack of personal study. Lack of personal study. I've listened to big-name preachers in conferences mock and ridicule spending time in the study of God's Word. So You don't need to be sitting in your study. Get out there and knock on doors, you know, um, as if you can only do one or the other. But the apostles in, in the book of Acts said, look, there are a lot of things that are taking us away from the ministry of prayer and the Word. And, and they felt like it was important for them to give themselves continually to those things. And so there, there is just a lack of, of personal study, and often this lack of preparation is covered by overly bombastic foolishness in the pulpit. Uh, so a lack of personal study leads to a lack of solid content, which leads to a diminishing of the importance of preaching, because people know there's nothing here for me, the people that are hungry. Number three, a minimizing of the importance of preaching and teaching. From the pulpit, not in the pew, a minimizing of it. Two things, maybe three, are important when we come together. Singing, praying, and preaching, or teaching. So singing, prayer, and the Word. Ah. Oh. Over the last few years, I have seen increasingly, because of, uh, of, of spectacular, and I'm not using that in the sense of I think it's spectacular, but this sensational um, uh, revivalism movement, I have I have I have seen a lot of men especially evangelists or pastors who also go into evangelism and they will openly brag about a moving of God so strong in the service that the Holy Spirit blew through the service in the middle of songs they'll say and we didn't even get to the preaching and people are like praise God I love when God shows up like that but it's always like God shows up and says, nah, you don't even have to worry about preaching. It's like Paul told Timothy, like, preach the word, be instant, in-season, and out-season. And Timothy's like, Paul, you don't even know. Like, the Holy Spirit showed up in the song service while well, we were singing songs, hymns, and spiritual songs, and I couldn't even get to the preaching. <laughs> no. No. Not only is there no biblical basis for such a thing, zero, It is. It, it, it can. it tends towards pure emotionalism. And I've never heard of the opposite being true, by the way. I've never heard that the Holy Spirit showed up in the preaching so much that we couldn't get to the singing. We know that music tends towards the emotional side of things, and I've been in a lot of these meetings. It's... it's. Now, there are two big dangers to this movement of minimizing the importance of preaching as if the Holy Spirit can show up, that the only reason we're here at church is to sing until the Holy Spirit excites our emotions to the place that with tears running down our eyes, we go to the altar when we pray and the Bible remains closed and the word of God is never declared. I cannot understand. It's beyond me, which doesn't mean it's not true, but it's beyond me. How we can convince ourselves that this would be what the God who inspired his, Word would desire, that people would come to church, sing songs of little to no doctrinal value, and then have an emotional experience and the Word of God remains closed. And there are two great dangers to that, as far as I can tell. One, the false impression of what it looks like when the Holy Spirit shows up. So the only way we know the Holy Spirit is, is there is if there's some emotional expression that most of us don't have and rarely ever have outside of this cocoon where the emotionalism is happening. The second danger is the impression that God doesn't even need preaching or that his word actually isn't that important. Now, that may not be the intended message, but it is the one that's broadcast. That the best services are the ones where the Bible isn't preached. Now, pastor, evangelist, This is my opinion. You can do what you want. But do not stand and criticize contemporary churches for minimizing the preaching of God's word when you will allow someone to come in, or you yourselves do, where there is a song service followed by an emotional response and the word of God is not preached and you say, that's great, that's good, that's what God wants. Don't be a hypocrite. Number four, there is a conformity to a model of preaching that is more entertaining than it is useful. Um, You know, screaming and shouting to cover the lack of content, uh, pulpit personas, changing your voice in the pulpit, you you know, uh, talking in the pulpit in a way that you don't talk out of the pulpit, shock jock jargon, trying to say the things that shock people, um, and displays of flesh blamed on the Holy Spirit, like, you know, this ranting and raving and just say, I'm gonna listen to the Holy Spirit. I mean that minimizes the importance of preaching because it's not preaching and all of it undermines the value of real solid biblical teaching and preaching. Now what can we do? In the couple minutes I have left, let me give you a couple of things. If we want to elevate preaching and teaching of 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 the Bible, of the scriptures, of God's word in our services, here is what we can do. One, if you're in the pew, encourage your pastor to bring messages that challenge and instruct. Let him know, preacher, thank you for the time you put into that message. If you can tell that he put time into it and 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 he's trying hard, let him know that. Um uh, give your pastor feedback on his messages so that he knows you were listening, that you were paying attention. Ask questions if you have them. But that will let him know, hey, people are listening, people want to hear what it is that that we are saying. Have your Bible ready so that when the pastor is going through and he's teaching the the Word of God, turn in your Bible and participate in that that preaching. More than anything else, encourage your pastor and let him know that preaching and teaching of God's Word is important and that you expect and appreciate that about him. Um, And uh, don't do anything to discourage him from that. If you're in the pulpit, let me encourage you, men, there are good people. Christian people who desire to hear the Word of God, who desire to learn the Word of God, and you and I have to make a choice whether or not we are going to teach and preach God's Word to people who want to listen, or whether we are going to give over the teaching and preaching ministry to entertainment and sensationalism and vapid uh, uh, nonsense. And... I know for myself, that that is not what I want. I want to teach and preach God's word. And I know that there are people who are hungry for God's word. And so you have those people too. I don't care if it's fewer, but be faithful to God's people who want to know. Remember the, the admonition of scripture, feed the flock of God, which is among you. Now we've got an opportunity to do that this weekend. Let's do it. All right, I'll be back Monday with another episode
1: of this poor pastor's
0: podcast. Thank you for listening. Reach out to me, this poor pastor, at gmail.com. I'll see you next time.